Hi guys, welcome to Inside Out Podcast, your bi-weekly podcast about how our childhood traumas are manifested into our professional lives. Today for the first episode, I'm really happy to welcome Francis Galan What's up? Uh, as my first guest and um, he's my, for five years now, yeah, my friend for five years now, we met at uni, we're both studying architecture. And we did our bachelor together. And then after the bachelor, Francis decided to stop architecture. Yep. <laughs> and go on his own path, which I thought was very interesting. Yes, and could be a really interesting first episode because there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> so I think you can start by introducing yourself, where you were born, a bit about your childhood, how you grew up. Sweet. So yeah, Francis Galan. I was born in Philippines, so uh, 1996, I was there until I was like seven. So my mom first came to the UK and then my dad. So for a couple of years, my parents weren't there. So I was raised with, uh, I was raised by my uh, auntie. And then I, I had my little brother and sister. So there was three of us. Is that your mom's sister or dad's? My mom's sister, okay. yeah. So she was... She was raising us for maybe two years or so. And then my little sister, she was probably like just one. So like she probably thought that my auntie was her mom. So yeah. And then I came to the UK when I was seven. So that was like, what, 2004? I don't know if it's, I think four, yeah, 2004. Mm -hmm. Came to the UK 2004. My dad came back to get us and then took us to the UK we lived in uh, Hounslow, so just kind of like ratchet town. What is that? Where is it? It's like towards Heathrow, and then a little bit further. Kind of, yeah, it's still in it's still in London, but you know it's a it's a bit rough. But well, you, it was rough back then. You didn't really then. You felt like you were not in London. Yeah, kind. Of, I mean, we had the red buses, the double deckers, yeah. and all that, so that felt like <laughs> London. But other than that, yeah, it's just. It just felt like another town. But what do you remember from it then? What do I remember? Because you were Man, quite young. Okay, no? I came here seven, yeah? yeah? I remember first day of school, parents dropped us off. And then I was there was like a queue. They line you up outside, like in the morning. I would I would line up. And then apparently my dad saw me. I was just like in the back of the, the, the queue. And he was like, Man, he was just literally in the in the back, like he was looking back at us and like staring. And then my dad was like, man, he's like, yo, why'd you leave me here? <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, there, lining, lining up. And then I could remember the first day of school, we, the, the, basically the immigrants, we have a, a little table in the front because we couldn't speak. No, I didn't, I couldn't speak no English. I probably knew hello, <laughs> hi. Really? Stuff like that. So we were in this table. It's funny. It was a little circle table at the front. This is like year three in uh, primary school. Literally, Polish, Portuguese, um, Filipino, yeah, me. We were just there in the table. We all couldn't speak English because we were straight <laughs> up immigrants. And then the, the rest were just like in their own tables, the ones that could speak English. And I remember like in the, in the, during playtime, I would, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know how to speak English. I would walk the perimeter of the playground. Oh. I, would, I don't know how long I did that for, but I would remember every break time because I, fuck, I, like, why I don't know how you socialize with yeah, people yeah. in English. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just remember walking around the perimeter of the playground, 
and I would do this every like break and like lunchtime. And when did it switch? Did it ever switch? Oh, actually, actually? I think it's because they they run like little uh, programs. Like they had the librarian, and then you they'll take all the immigrants that can't speak English, <laughs> and then I think it was like a little book with like basic English. Mm-hmm. I think it was called like Fuzzbuzz. It was like these freaking circle furry characters with like long legs blah 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 and then it would have a little mini story and like in basic english and they'll kind of just tell you to read it blah 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 and then that yeah they'll group us in there and then i guess we'll one by one read like a line or so and then and I how did you feel though did you feel because you were basically separate from the other people in your class but were you in an age where you actually felt like it was separate or were you also think- transitioning I think you just don't know. You just put in the place, you know. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm here. Um, what do I need to do? Yeah. So I just, I just followed all because th- that's how you're raised when you're Filipino kid, Asian, yeah. a- a- any any kid. <laughs> you follow just to uh, follow your adult, like yeah. whoever is the eldest in the room. So yeah, you, you follow the teacher, you and just everyone do did it. Yeah, everyone what they just say. Does it. Yeah, yeah. Do do what they say, and then yeah. Oh, that's what I remember. We we're just there learning English, reading. It was like in a little conference room with a big window. It was it was cozy. I see. And then going forward in your school, did it at some point that's it, you learned English and then you could socialize? But I don't even know how I learned <laughs> English. Like honestly. So what was the transition? Because you arrived and you were like literally walking around the school on your own. Yeah. I, I, man, I think maybe when, when I'm back home. I remember my dad would tell me to read the Bible like a children's Bible. If I get if I get one word wrong, I pop get hit, <laughs> and then after like re reread the sentence or start again. Well, that's that's what I remember. But how did you take <laughs> it? The fact that you had to move countries. How was it explained to you as a child that okay, you're born in Philippines and your parents go for a couple of years and then you're coming here? Man, I think when you're a kid, you just you don't really give a fuck like <laughs> you like yeah take me take me anywhere like as long as you're you're there or whatever like you don't really know why why but you're you moving. didn't they really don't... mind leaving your auntie that was raising you and all all of the attachments that you had in philippines because i had a similar experience because i was born in morocco mm-hmm. and then i had to go to canada for five years mm, yeah and i didn't i spoke only arabic and i got there oh, I and they only spoke french and I went to school and I didn't speak French. And I also remember that at the beginning, it was a lot of on my own. But then for me, I then completely forgot Arabic. Oh. You know, so I, because I was so young. I was younger than you. I was like three, four when I went and then until I was seven. So when I came back to Morocco when I was seven, I didn't speak Arabic anymore, you know. And then when I grew up in Morocco, I completely forgot about... Right now, I can't even tell what kind of child that was in Canada. So it's really funny how when you move country so young, it's as if your identity changes. So you were in Philippines and you were raised by your auntie and you had your sort of habits there that made you Francis at that time. And then you had to leave everything at seven and come and become a new Francis in a new school with a new language, with, you know, living again with your parents. So it's interesting how the identity switch. Actually, you know what I mean? funny, funny you say that. It, I, I, I don't know. When I came here, I took everything with me. Like I would, like in the back in the uh, Philippines, the kids there, we would grab spiders and we will literally put them in a matchbox, 
and then have them fight. <laughs> Literally get a stick. You, we put the spiders in there and then they would fight. And then whoever wins kills the, the other and then we'll keep that. That'll be the, the strongest spider. <laughs> I took that with me here. So in primary school, I'll be in the in the bushes. I'll be like grabbing spiders. Be like, yo, what are you doing, man? And I'm there like, oh, I'm grabbing the spiders. I'm going to make him fight. And I'm like, oh, crap. Serious. That's crazy. That's so then so literally, I, I took that with me. And then during playtime, uh, around this time, I already made friends. This was like probably a couple years in. And I would literally do that. Like find spiders during playtime, literally make them fight. And then my friends would be like, yo, that's so sick. That's, that's crazy. Like, what the heck? <laughs> We've never seen that before. So yeah, yeah, I took that with me. And then the funny thing is also... First day of uh, school, they um, they asked me like, okay, there's an an a Aaron. They they said in here they they say Aaron Aaron. So they said, oh, there's an Aaron in the class already. So what do you want to be called? Because obviously they probably saw that my my full name was Francis Aaron Andrade Galan blah blah blah. So then they asked me, what do you want to be called? So I was like, yeah. fuck, I don't want to be yeah. a second Aaron in the <laughs> yeah. thing. So I was like, yo, call me Francis. I've Bearing in mind, I've never called Francis whatsoever. Really? In Philippines. <gasps> I didn't know that. Never. In Philippines. No one calls me Francis. That's just like a first name. Your real name is your second name. Really? That's interesting. Because that's, that's what happens with my in, in America as well. Like my cousins. Like they never use their first names. Like that's we, so interesting. I don't know. It's so weird. I, they, so yeah, they. I was always known as Aaron. So when I came here, boom, Francis. I'm Francis because that other... Aaron took my spot, so I was like, <laughs> "Okay, it's fine. Now I have to use France." And I didn't like the sound of France. It sounded Francis. <laughs> it just didn't. It just didn't ring. Didn't well, ring because my... you already created a whole person that was Aaron. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, exactly. Do you, do you say Aaron. Aaron? Aaron. Yeah. So you created a whole person who was Aaron. So you formed yeah, yourself exactly. around that name, and then it's like new name, new yeah, school, new language. That's funny new household because basically at that age two years is like 20 years literally That's so funny. it's like a new person that had to be formed so yeah i was like seven and then i had to change identity in a way like now i'm called francis yeah. so i was living like double double life like hannah montana yeah <laughs> like in school i'll be called francis i come home aaron you know like really yeah till this day till this day really? no one calls me front if families friends Oh, family, Filipino family, blah, blah, blah. Dude, they never call me Francis. That's just weird. But do you feel like it split you in a way? Like, for example, when now they say Aaron, it's like, oh, family, family responsibilities. I have to be serious. And then now Francis is like, oh, Francis, come out. Let's go for drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it more like, oh, Francis? And because right now um, we'll get to that a bit later. But right now you're doing a lot of artistic and fashion related things. Yes. And do you feel like the Aaron uh, person is this identity is like your serious side, maybe the one that deals with the family and probably the one that had to deal with losing his identity and then Francis is a much lighter mm. aspect. Yeah, I think I think I had three phases. Yeah. One with me being Aaron and then one being Francis and then and then growing up and then starting to realize okay, my parents gave me my name. I want to choose my own name. I think that's when I made Galanachi and then same with the surname like they we didn't I didn't pick my surname. I don't know. It, I think it was with like reading or oh, I was listening to the audio uh, audio book of like say 
it was Malcolm X and then also like Muhammad Ali, they all changed their names because obviously they were given white name. So then I was just thinking, okay, my surname is like Spanish pretty much. Yeah. So I'm like, you okay, like it's it, like the yeah. same thing. Like we didn't get, they probably yeah. re- stripped us of our actual surname, blah, blah, blah. And then replaced it with like a Spanish name. So then I was like, you know what, if I was to pick... I I still honored the 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 surname because obviously it's it's a family thing. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what, Galanachi, Galanachi. Yeah, but you kind of claimed back your identity. Yeah, that. yeah, that's so that's it was basically you were born with Aaron. Yeah, and then you were told that you have to switch to Francis when which I came was, to the UK. Yeah, which was something you didn't agree with because obviously you didn't choose it, and okay. then Galanachi came after, and it's kind of like a way of claiming who you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. are. Yeah, in the end. But that's pretty much it with the whole that's that's crazy because i never really thought of it that way that when i was in philippines my identity was aaron and then i come to the uk yeah. francis and then i realized that yo i want to claim my own thing and then boom galanachi yeah. i didn't even i didn't even think yeah. that too. that's so sick <laughs> yeah but it is it is a sequence because you say that you were given this name and that you don't really yeah, feel yeah. comfortable in it but initially you felt comfortable in aaron yeah, because you just, you, yeah. you've grown up, you called it, and you just take it as it is, face yeah. value. You don't question it. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. And then you kept going with Francis then. Yeah, like... How yeah. did Francis basically shape his identity? Actually, what did I think you do with, when you were younger? With Francis, I, I think I just took that up because I could have easily switched to Aaron. But then in here, they say Aaron. I don't want to be called Aaron. Man, that sounds dead. Aaron <laughs> sounds so much better. But obviously, in here, that's how they pronounce it. Yeah. So I was just like, nah, I'll just keep Francis because Francis just Francis. Like, they can yeah. say it quite easily. So I just, just took that. I didn't, I didn't bother changing it. So that Aaron thing is just reserved for family. But it's really interesting because the way you're thinking about it is about your surroundings rather than you. You know, so for example, you said like, yeah, I kept Francis because it's basically comfortable for people around me, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in school, that's just how they, it's like easier for them. You yeah, know? but it's not easier for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it was weird. Exactly. But I, I like that the, the teacher acknowledged like, okay, there's another Aaron in the, in, the, in the room. Would you like to be called that or you want to be called your, your first name? Yeah. So I like that that, that teacher gave me that, yeah. that option. Instead of just throwing me in there and be like, Aaron. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like that that she, I think she was a she. She gave me that, what do you call but it? But it's funny. It's as if, because I don't know, I really see, I really think that our brain functions with basically boxes. So you had a box that was named Aaron mm, and that was yeah. your entire identity. And at that moment when they ask you, do you want to be called Aaron or That's Francis? That's so true. And it's that- as if you have to choose either... I keep the new box or I get a box that I don't know what's in it. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, now you put it, th- visualize it that way. Yeah, that's pretty much how it was. It's like, you want to use that box or you want to wanna get yeah. that other box? Yeah, that you don't like, know. Okay, let me, okay another, another person has a similar box. Okay, exactly. Let me grab the other one so I don't, I don't have to fucking share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's quite interesting. But then how did, so you said that you were in this uh, neighborhood that was quite rough. Did that affect you at all? Like I imagine that in Philippines you are in a certain environment, actually and then you in fly all the way and you come to this new environment. In Philippines, it's like I'm sure it's probably similar to like Morocco. Like you know your neighbors. Like it's yeah. community based. Blah blah blah. Like it wasn't. 
it wasn't like the the most it doesn't have like infrastructure like yeah, in a way yeah. but it's but obviously coming to the UK it was a lot better like it built house blah 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 infrastructure was in there but obviously it's different for the Philippines yeah. it doesn't really it's kind of like free for all build whatever you want um but yeah is is the community aspect cuz you you would know your your neighbor on the left neighbor on the right and then uh in front of you you'd know them so it's just like you'd be walking and they'd say hi and you just it's like yeah, you're at home it's like, like a big family yeah but then you come here like you don't really you don't even you barely know your your, <laughs> your next door neighbor yeah actually we had a portuguese ne- next door neighbor and it was a kid too so it was my age so that's kind of like where my first interaction with like maybe having a a friend ish in the UK yeah but at home you said that um so your dad was trying to make you learn English yeah. as well yeah and plus like religion like there yeah. he was quite religious so it was the bible children's bible <laughs> i was reading that how oh, did you man, feel about that i'll be like in the in the little tiny uh living room and then it was this children's book colorful blah 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 i would read it da 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 get one sentence wrong boom he'll get angry he'll be like yo what the f-? Like, he, he won't be yeah. swearing but it might <laughs> this yeah. is me interpret yeah, interpreting yeah, yeah. it now like he's like what the f-? like reread reread it again and then i would do that blah 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 and then, i think i don't know if it's every day or it must have been did you go to school with like apprehension of coming back home and having to do that yeah i'd be like oh f-. yeah i think i think that oh man i remember too multiplication maps yeah. all that Uh, literally you do the whole day of school doing that and then you come home and then your dad buys a freaking poster <laughs> slaps it on your Oh, I also had that poster. On your freaking door. Okay. <laughs> the thing is at home we sh- it was a two bedroom house. Yeah. There's five of us, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad. My li- my my younger youngest sister wasn't there yet. She wasn't born yet. So we we would uh, share the bed. So me, my brother, my sister, it was like a I think a double size bed. Uh, I think we would take turns to to who can uh, who sleeps in the middle cuz obviously in <laughs> yeah. the middle you feel protected. Yeah. Cuz during the night man it feels scary. Really why? You're a kid like it's pitch dark. You don't want to be on the edge cuz you know you know imagination man like oh some there's like a monster under your bed or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, we would take turns going in the uh sleeping in the middle. So we were like it's it was always close. We were always like growing up I was I always shared a room with my siblings. What did you feel about that? Do you feel like there were moments where you were like oh I need my own kind of space or the opposite you felt actually I feel better when they're around because you know they're actually the only ones that throughout your entire life were always there you know Actually before I answer that funny thing is my my siblings they don't call me Aaron they Yeah call, I they know call that me Kuya. So that's like brother cuz like it's it's like the the in Philippines they put like the, these these words that that you say to your elder so for respect to show respect so they call me kuya so to them so then that there's another kind of like uh yeah. what do you call identity, it identity another box yeah so i'm called kuya with my uh brothers and sisters because i'm the eldest yeah. so that's my ad- identity with them and then with my parents family you're aaron aaron and then freaking uh, school, school uni yeah. and then whatever uk friends francis And yeah and then Instagram and I think I think on your own what do you feel you are then I think all of them I mean I believe that it might be that in each situation you take a different hat because they're still separate 
I also can see it that Aaron is much more serious and calm and composed, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Francis doesn't take anything really <laughs> seriously. He's like very, you yeah. know, like yes. everything is good. And I feel like Francis is also your escape from Aaron, you know. I feel like yeah. Aaron is the one that has to take the responsibility, the yes. one that went through tougher times because he's the one who had to come and learn English to become Francis. Yeah. And Francis is kind of like the Aaron that made it in UK. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the role of a brother, you had it all along, obviously it evolved. And then Kalanachi is this new persona that you brought, you know, and that probably means that you needed a new box for something that you wanted to express, but that didn't fit under the hat that you already had. Yeah. Do you feel like this is kind of your way of dealing with new things that you want to achieve and dealing with sort of new challenges that you have is kind of creating a new box where you can put it so that you don't mix it's not grabbing a new box it's sort of grabbing all these other boxes and putting it in a bigger box so that it's in one box because like when you're because i I was uh, being the eldest my dad put like instilled in my head that you need to you need to um what's what's that word responsibilities no not yes and then uh i need to Oh, what's that word, man? I forgot. <laughs> it's like when you... Ha- oh, set an example. Because mm-hmm. obviously I have like three uh, siblings and I'm the eldest. So yeah, I have to set... I have to I have to lead the way, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. So then I can't... Mm, it makes you feel like you can't make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. But then when you look back, I made all the mistakes. So that day they can see that, okay, yeah. that's yeah. what happens when you make the mistake. Okay, cool. I'm not going to do that. Or... Actually, the the way I see it now is, you know what? Let me do what I want. Because obviously, yeah. growing up, you, you're told to, like your parents tell you, uh, they kind of guide you. Yeah. Maybe, it, actually, you know, yeah, they, Asian parents, they push you to a certain yeah, kind they, of um They kind of have, path. they know what they want you to do before you even know yeah, what yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to do. But then I was just, I think I was just that one kid. Because man, I remember, kid, when I was little, you know what I would do to toys? I would break them apart, break them apart with screws. Man, I was like MacGyver. I would <laughs> unbreak them. Yeah. And then some of them would have motors, right? Yeah. So I would literally, I'll take out the motor, motors, play with the wires, get the battery, and literally be so fascinated with like, yeah. and I was like, oh, a battery, wire, and then a motor. Zzz, oh, cool. Yeah. I would te- how things work. Yeah, how, yeah. yeah I, was, I was curious. I would tear things. I didn't have one toy that I did not like tear apart. Fast forward, so you go to primary school, you're in that area, and then when did you move to where you are now? Oh, or yes, so I think else? it was 2004, we were in Hounslow for yeah. two years, and then my parents had my little sister, so then we had to move to another house, and then we moved to Feltham, which is clo- a lot closer, no, actually Hounslow is clo- uh, close to Heathrow as well, but Feltham is a lot closer to Heathrow so we yeah. moved there it was a it was a nicer house it's still two bedrooms so we still shared uh, a room together but it was like two bunk beds and oh man actually my 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 dad just recently mentioned as well that during that time mm-hmm. that they were low in money like mad like when you moved or yeah like during yeah. that time like they were like 
they didn't have a penny. Like pay, they they were living paycheck paycheck to paycheck, but they yeah. kind of masked it quite really well. That the whole kind of like they were yeah. struggling, and he mentioned that because he used to work at Pret, yeah. so he was doing uh, all the like uh, the kitchen stuff. And he said he meant literally just maybe a month ago he mentioned that we would I would bring home the the leftovers whatever, and then I'll bring it home, and then your mom would cook it, and then that would that would be, yeah. and I was like. Holy crap! I didn't really uh, it, that that. You never, never saw it. I didn't. When you were young. I didn't see it to be like that. Yeah. But I knew we were. Sh- there was. Yeah, yeah. That's you, why you I, when I was little, I, I never asked for anything. I never, yeah. I never asked for anything. But they never made you feel like. No, no, they didn't. Unsafe or like you know, like they were struggling, and maybe they had their own worries, but they never put it on you. Yeah, they didn't make us feel that struggle that yeah. they were feeling. So then I, I was like, wow, okay, that was because I knew that really there was something good. in there. But then when he mentioned it a couple, I was like, damn, because he was he was kind of yeah. tearing when he mentioned it. I was like, Aww. crap, that's that's crazy. Like these guys literally, they came to a whole new freaking country so that we could have a better future. Then you moved there, um, and your parents were struggling. And then did you change schools as well? As well? We only actually no, we didn't we didn't change schools because it was still oh man, Quite actually close. I feel bad for my mom because man. She had. We moved house. We had a little sis. Uh, that's ten years difference between me, the eldest, and my youngest. We didn't move schools, so my mom would with the buggy with freaking three other children, little children behind her. She would take us to the school that was closest to our old place in Hounslow. Mm. So then every morning, yeah, we would take a bus, a train, and then a bus. Just imagine that, man. Oh like my you. God. Because it was always my, yeah. my mom. Because my mom couldn't drive, so she always had to take the bus and all that. But with my dad, he drove, so he would just drive us to school. But yeah. So I'm I'm guessing that was super... Like, imagine three little freaking... And a little baby. Every yeah. single morning, you're... I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. But I think they saw the bigger picture, you know? Like, they came to this country with a clear image in head. They didn't do all of this with not knowing where they were going. I think yes. that every morning she would do that and obviously it's a lot like yeah. it's I can't even imagine how hard it yeah, must man. be but I think that what made her want to wake up and want to take you is this bigger image of you guys are going to grow up and you're not going to have to struggle like mm. they did yeah yeah that's true and so how did you get so you you chose to study architecture right and how did you get to that point of architecture so you have this whole background of being super curious destroying all your toys to understand how they're working yeah. almost burning down houses yeah, yeah, you yeah. know um moving in these different areas seeing your parents struggle um you going to school learning a new language aaron francis how did they both shake hands and be like okay we're going to architecture school they didn't it was literally <laughs> like it was like careers day in like year 11 okay guys the teacher would be like okay guys just google yeah. some stuff and where you want to go yeah it was literally computer engineering because i like computers yeah. computer engineering or literally architecture yeah i see i didn't but you like, painted though oh yeah i was also artistic because obviously yeah. i wanted to kind of go through the route where i could use my talents because i was already good at like drawing drawing things and blah blah at a young age like uh, when i think i started at five or whatever i would draw like Mike Wazowski and then my dad would send that to my mum in the UK and be like oh look 
look, uh, look what uh, Arsene drew. Da, da, da. It looks exactly like the yeah. So that was. So they were quite really supportive of this aspect. Yeah, they were. But it, the way I look at it, they didn't really push me. They they kind of just let me do my thing. Like they wouldn't. They didn't really like. What do you say? Maybe it's because we didn't really have the the money back then. They didn't like send you to classes. Foster it. Yeah, like all of that. Or, like yeah. enter me in competitions and blah yeah. blah blah. But you is that something? Obviously, they had other things. They yeah, were trying yeah, their best. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. is that something? If it was possible, right? Let's say when you have children and if they have that aspect, is that something you want? Yeah, I would. Because there's also a good side about letting you discover mm, yourself, yeah, yeah. you know, and not because. Let's say if they did enter you in competitions, right? You're quite young, so you might like drawing one day and then the other day you're like, oh, actually, I don't like this anymore. So maybe by them not putting you in competitions, first of all, you had an open sea of what you could draw because the competition would have already restricted you, you know? And then second of all, it would have put pressure on you. It's like, okay, look, my parents are struggling and now they're taking me to competitions. I have to be good, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true, actually, if you put it that way. But then I think it's just that we could we didn't have the money to do whatever to enter any of those, so that's fine. But yeah, if if it was me, if yeah. I have the children, I would whatever they're good at, I would try and kind of uh, foster, foster that, yeah. yeah, to the to their best of as long as they still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Type of thing. Yeah, and then you got to architecture school. Actually, yeah, with that. That's when it we was met. like choosing. <laughs> it was lit. Okay, I chose architecture because obviously. With it being raised in an Asian household, it has yeah. to be some solid freaking uh, yeah, career path. Doctor, engineer. So, okay, architecture sounds yeah, good. Yeah. I thought it paid well. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And then you come into... Archi- Work, yes. Actually, no. The ar- my architecture path alone, yeah, that, sh- that broke my heart literally from right from the beginning because I chose architecture and obviously, I man, I had the, this comp- competitive thing in me. Like, I want to be in the best school. So then, okay, I chose architecture. I'm going to go to the best uni. So I applied to UCL, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, I, I had like good art stuff. Like my yeah. my art teacher was very supportive. It was like, okay. No, she actually said, okay, if you're going to do architecture in UCL, you should do a foundation. I didn't listen. I was like, I'm just going to go straight and apply. So I, I did my thing, portfolio, blah, blah, blah. Boom, I got the, there's like, for UCL, there's like interview, uh, the stages. Okay, yeah. So you get the, the drawing. You have to, um... They send you a task, you do the task, and then they choose from that task whether to give you an interview or not. So I got the interview. So I was like, oh, yes, it's, it's lining up. It's lining up. I, I go there. And then for me, everything kind of went well. Like I met these people and we were like, yo, well, we're going to be housemates, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like we were like that. Turns out none of us goes to UCL. <laughs> That's so, so funny. funny. But yeah, I've also applied to other unis. UCL, De Montfort, uh Kent and then Cardiff Uni. Cardiff Uni, I thought I would never get in there because it was like to get to get in you need three A's. For UCL mm. it's slightly lower. So yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get yeah, UCL. Yeah. And then it turns out I get Cardiff. I don't get UCL. I was heartbroken because I'm like, fuck, that's it, done. Mm. My my dream of studying in in London, because obviously I wanted to be in London. London's like the place, like everyone knows it's the place for creativity, blah blah yeah. blah. But obviously, then I'm left to to go to to Cardiff. So then, bang! Right in the beginning, I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. In my head, there's already already, already failed something. Yeah, like head. I already painted yeah. this thing. I'm not gonna really enjoy it, Cardiff. Like, fuck this. Yeah. So I'm you already here. put yourself in a mindset of yeah. it's yeah. done before yeah. you even started. Yeah. Exactly. I think which is 
Yeah, it's bad. I no, should have just. It's definitely not a good thing because any decision you make that from that point, you know, will be influenced by that yeah, kind of exactly. mindset instead of because you can't affect it anyways, right? So you got Cardiff, so you might as well go there with an open mindset of let's see if I enjoy it, you know. Yeah. I think when I got to Cardiff, I was like, okay, it's meant to be. Then it's meant to be. So I was just like, okay, but I, I'm still butthurt with UCL. So then you know, <laughs> when you're in, you're in, when you arrive in Cardiff, you just talk to everyone, be like, yo, do you apply to UCL? And yeah, then I remember like, that. And then it turns out like Cardiff is literally where all the UCL rejects <laughs> get dumped. Well, I was heartbroken because I wanted AA, AA, and they didn't <laughs> even let me apply because I was a year younger. See, wait, me. that's fine. You're year, yeah. you're too young. I I got I was in the interview and just fucking declined me. When you got to architecture school, did you feel like the people around you, you related to them, like the tasks were what you wanted to actually do or not? I related to the people. I was like, yeah, yeah they're my people. Yeah. But architecture, eh, eh, nada, nada. Really? I came into architecture with zero knowledge. I barely knew Zaha did. <laughs> Honestly, I came in there just because I'm yeah. good at art. Architecture... Sounds you like do a draw, proper yeah. job, yeah. Yeah, a proper job, duh, duh, duh. But then now, looking back at it, I went to arch. Man, I came in there, zero, zero knowledge. I didn't even, I didn't bother reading anything yeah. architecture really. I just came in there, I'm gonna, I'm like, in my mind, I'm creative enough, I can coast through yeah. it. So already in the beginning, I'm like, my talent alone will coast through it. Yeah, and you were also like, I didn't get UCL and now I'm in this place. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah so just all that in the back of my mind. So I was like, in uh, in first year, I enjoyed that because obviously it's more kind of like a, a uh, like a level playing field. Everyone's yeah. getting taught the same thing, trying to so that they're in the same level, and then being introduced to like this whole new kind of way of thinking of design, which you don't have when you do if you if you come from an art school because there is just pure expression. You don't really think of like you need this room here and that yeah. and then how they relate, blah blah blah. So I like the aspect that I was thought how to think in design terms mm -hmm. so that helps me a lot but architecture itself yeah. i hate it <laughs> oh my days so you finished third year by that point i God remember you were like i just want to get it over with just first year get it over first year was great yeah i remember enjoyed that. it yeah Oh man, I remember even like copying someone's um literally straight up copying yeah, someone's that. work, <laughs> putting it into mine and getting a first for that module. I was yeah. like, yes, I'm a hustler. <laughs> yeah. And then second year comes in and you have to be more technical. Oh yeah. my god. Failed two modules, almost failed the whole fucking year. I was hating it, hating it, hating it. But we did that one to one hundred with Aki and yeah. Yunya. Man, I love that. Which was love like that. a fashion so, brand. Yeah, thing it was a fashion brand thing related to architecture but then i already i was already into it like i had the fucking sewing machine i don't know yeah. what literally i was like i think one day i was like you know what let me fucking buy a, uh, a sewing machine <laughs> because i want to taper my uh my yeah, jeans and yeah, blah blah yeah. blah so i did it so then i knew how to kind of use the machine yeah. and sew things together so we did we did that little project and made like a, a little jumper thing which was cool from scratch yeah that, that was, was really cool actually. literally the whole year that's one thing that i enjoyed and that only lasted for like maybe a week or two yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when we were done with our bachelor so three years of architecture mm -hmm. everyone has worked so hard and now is the point where we need to find jobs and everyone is well personally i sent to like 
at least a hundred different uh-huh. yeah, offices. Yeah, yeah. And Francis, who actually didn't really care that much yes. about architecture, was the first one to get a job after Trust two me. weeks. How did you feel? Like, were you like, because you finish and you know no, that I you're finished, not enjoying? No, I finished. I finished crap. Two yeah. two. So I was like, fuck. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't even get to two one because obviously yeah. two two. What the fuck is that? You might as well give me a three. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So yeah, if you fi- I finished with a two. No, I I tried for th- third year. I tr- I yeah. I I would say I tried hard my hardest yeah. third year. Cause I I just implement cause. My unit was more artistic. They gave us an art- abstract artistic approach, so I enjoyed yeah, that yeah. part. So I really tried my heart, my hardest. Mm, I don't know if my hardest, but I tried. And then when I tried my like uh, yeah hardest, I get a fucking two two. I'm like fuck this shit. So then I'm like okay, this grade does not f- define me whatsoever. Let me make it up on my freaking portfolio that I sent to get job uh, to get a job. How do you get that strength of saying this doesn't define me? Because I came in there knowing I'm gonna coast through it, <laughs> and and literally just that, I'm gonna coast through it with whatever effort I put in, like, and that's how I did. So it reflect because obviously it's a they add up the grades from first year, uh, yeah, first year to third year, and you get the two two. So basically that's just that just reflects the mindset that I had. But I I knew that. That grade obviously reflected the the effort I put in, but it didn't define what I'm actually capable of. Cause I always knew it. I don't know, man. I don't know when, but I always have this like feeling inside me, like I'm I'm here to do something bigger. Like I yeah, knew that I have I, I have, have it in that. me. Like I think it's something that parents instill in you. Honestly, I think that it's something that parents nurture because I think that. I think that one side of it is you have it, right? So probably your surroundings and your way of thinking and blah, blah, blah. And you have this strong feeling that you cannot explain that mm. you're going to do something. You don't know what, but you're going to do yeah, something exactly. that's going to matter. No clue whatsoever. Yeah, but you're going to do something. But then I think it's also a side of parents that allow you to have those kinds of visions. Your parents must have done something that made you believe that you were capable you know of something bigger i think or that it was possible at least i think it's because i think they just trusted me so they didn't really interfere much with like okay neither with your arts neither yeah yeah so like okay i think okay you're you're okay you're you're instilled to 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 be like engineers doctors blah 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 all that stereotypes but yeah i picked that route da 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 but then at that point where I'm like, yeah, I'm not carrying architecture. I'm going to do something else. I told them that, um, I remember, I think it was like my dad's birthday, whatever. So that's when you finished architecture, architecture school. Architecture, yeah. You worked in an architecture. I archi- worked for a year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then COVID happens, then furlough happens. Yeah. And then basically you were kind of forced to look at what you wanted because you were in a very comfortable seat, you know, where I know that you already had thoughts of like, doing something but you were comfortable you were getting a salary you were working in london Mm -hmm. you got a job in a good architecture office you had responsibilities there and then it comes to that point where because of life literally of no one but life covid happens and then furlough and then you're home and you're like okay basically this is the time or never to do me you know i think the way i approach it 
always been approaching it. It's like there is no right time. Like what happens yeah. happens. So I was like, okay, I got for I wanted to stay for another year. Yeah, I remember. Because I was like, yeah. I was super. I'm gonna be an architect. Like I was so yeah. hyped that I got that first job within a month, yeah. less than a month. So I was like, I'm gonna be an architect. But then the whole pandemic happened, and I'm like, yeah, Actually. hold on, hold that thought. <laughs> like seeing like okay, I worked at beep, and then. I saw the the people that worked there, and then man, I did not want to be that person yeah. or that person, because <laughs> like I remember in my last day, it was like a leaving thing, so we were in the bar and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then my colleague would be talking like, "Man, if it was me, I would leave this and do an easier job that pays a lot less, and I'll be happier." Yeah. So I was like, "I'm out, <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> so I was That's like, it "Yeah." For me. <laughs> That's it. I was like, "You know what? I'm not doing architecture." I don't even. I don't like the nine to five. That typical nine to five. Yeah, I also. I don't like that. listening to anyone above me doing, making someone else's dream happen. Don't like Working that. Working for someone else's name. Yes, but yeah. I did like the paycheck. Because exactly. obviously it was, it was a lot more than what I was getting when I used to work part time at Pret a Manger. Yeah, of course, but it's also because you had three years of uni, then. Yes. So I mean, it's fair enough that they would pay you more, you know. So yeah, you were furloughed, and what went through your head? How did you announce to your parents, and what what was the vision that you had of what you wanted to do from that point? Actually, I just knew that I didn't want to do architecture. I didn't know how to go. I didn't even know I was gonna do this yeah. like Galanachi thing. It was just like man, I was like for 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 a brief period, me and Aki were doing the UX yeah, UI I design. I know, I know. Trying to do a startup thing, and then it just ended. I'm like, yo, this is too way too similar to architecture. Yeah. I'm dropping it. Don't like it. And I think I just fell back to what 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 do I actually enjoy art. So I, I did art. I did drawing. Da, da, da. Yeah. And I think going so back. So you started the Instagram where you did. I've the always had it. Day. I've always had it, the the art account. But it's just that I never posted as frequently as I am yeah. today. So going back to that thing you were saying, how how where do I get the strength? I get the strength from straight boxing. I grew up <laughs> watching boxing. Okay, yeah. these people boxing is a poor man's sport. Okay. Yeah. So, growing up, man, Manny Pacquiao, that's the thing you grew, I grew up on. So that caught my imagination. A person from the streets yeah. f- uh, used boxing just to feed himself, but then ended up enjoying it and then pursued it yeah. all the way up until now. He's 42 right now and still fighting. It's crazy. So yeah. I've been watching him when I was little, freaking seven. When I'm like 24 now, I'm still watching it. So it's just that whole... That, that drive that they have. I was like, man, I want that. I want yeah. that. So yeah, the, the whole discipline behind going to the gym, working, uh, putting everything in the gym so that when you need to perform, it's not even as hard. You just need to yeah. perform because you've already didn't, you've done the hard work in the gym. Yeah. So I, that captured my imagination. I'm like, yo, this is so sick. I, I want that. Let me apply that. So I tried to apply it through art. So then I was like, let me discipline myself by, let me let me draw one thing per day let me allocate a time per day to do it as long as I can. So I did it for a straight one year. Yeah, but then, you know, you were working and getting a paycheck every month, right? Yes. And you were still living at your parents because they're, you were working in London yeah, and yeah. they live in London. But then you had to announce to them that for a year, I'm not going to be getting a paycheck, you know? Oh, um, I was just like, yo, I'm not doing architecture. And they were just cool about it because they saw that I was doing something. It's not like... I was just sleeping yeah, in bed. Of like, so they had this like trust in me. Like, okay, he, 
he knows what he's doing. Out, yeah, yeah, he's figuring. Yeah, he's figuring. That's why I liked about them. They didn't really grill me and be like, "Yo, yo, what?" Like, yeah, it'll like, be like here yeah. and there, but like they're just in because I, I don't say anything to them. I barely talk at home. Like I don't yeah. say what I'm gonna do or you just do. I yeah. just do it, and then they can see what I'm doing. That's that's how I like to kind of like approach it nowadays. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I forget telling you what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do it, and you're gonna see that I did it. And they, yeah, they just trusted me. But how do you how do you have that? Is that you, for example, doing what your dad was doing when you were younger? So, for example, saying he didn't really say what was going on; he just did, you know. So, is that your Ooh. way of like, because as children, all our mechanisms we either copy them, so it couldn't be from you watching boxing, your parents, or your. It's usually there's a thing called determinism, and it's what determines basically who you are. And obviously, it's a theory. It's not like this is yeah, the yeah. way it is. But the theory is that it's your genetics. So you get some sort of things of like, for example, some people are more active and sportive than others. Then it's your parents. Then it's your close circle that you grew up with. You know, and these things are the ones that determine who you are. So your genes, your parents, and then your close circle. And usually in close circle, I mean, even what you grew up watching you know all of the things that influence you and this is basically what you start doing when you grow up you know and usually what happens is that either you say for example oh when i was younger i noticed that my dad wouldn't talk you know and would just do things so you either res- even subconsciously respect that and be like oh, okay not even critique it but not even process it but you just accept it and that's the way you start doing things so the way you said it now i don't really say what i'm gonna do i just do it and then they just see what i do or the other way it goes is that you go complete opposite so if you really didn't like that your dad didn't speak when you were younger what usually happens is that you start talking a lot you know so you reverse it this thing of not talking you know and not saying what you're doing it means that you're taking a lot of weight on you You know, is that something that you're comfortable in and this is the way you think is right? Or is that something that, for example, you would like to talk, but it's just that you have this mechanism and. I use my art to talk. That's that's how I kind of view it. Like, so it's like cathartic for you. What does that mean? Like, you know, for example, if you have a lot of anger and then you draw something, it's like release. Oh, yeah. Or I just hit the bags. I think I handle it that way because it's it's a lot easier for me to um, kind of get my thoughts together. I would like to directly approach them and uh, yeah. vocally speak. That would be amazing. But I'm working on that. But it's a lot e- it's a lot it's a lot quicker for me to process if I say do it through my art. So like I write like yeah. I like poems, blah blah blah, rhyming, hip hop. That's where it yeah. kind of goes to. So I would write just thoughts blah 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 and then or just draw and then let that kind of go through let release the emotions in that in that way but yeah funny that you mentioned that actually because i never really viewed it that way yeah i mean it's the way all humans like if you really think about the ways you function the way you approach anything you as a child don't really have the capacity to invent you know you just mimic and yeah. then 
you fake it till you make it basically <laughs> that's that's know? what i realized no one knows no one, no one knows actually what knows doing. what they're doing yeah literally. that's the funny thing because i was because i was like uh, like looking at my because i'm very observant like yeah. i was just there i was just thinking okay my parents man they got married 27 got a kid at 27 man i'm almost 27 yeah I'm just like, these guys didn't know nothing they didn't know <laughs> what they were doing <laughs> literally i mean we're sitting here recording a podcast and i don't know <laughs> what i'm gonna do with this so but th- that's the beauty of it you're yeah. not meant to know you're not meant to because if you knew then that's a bit boring like okay you, okay you're supposed to have like this vision yes you follow through that vision but the exact exact details on how you will do yeah. and make uh, kind of manifest that it's all kind of like it will f- unfold yeah. as long as you kind of follow the path that kind of speaks to you yeah. and you said at some point that you would like to be more vocal with your parents but that you're working on it in what way can you work on it in your I'm case? already doing it like just cuz obviously you grew you you kind of I'm raised to listen uh, to just follow what yeah. they say but then now i'm like because i remember a couple of days ago not a couple of days ago a month ago or so my my dad is religious so he was asking me do you, do you pray i was like nah i don't even i'm not even religious so there that was my first <gasps> yeah kind of like um sharing what confrontation actually, with yeah. my dad's uh, just revealing who i really am yeah. so i was like yeah i don't pray i don't do that but i do like uh i do i'm more of a spiritual person yeah. he didn't get it because I think for him, he's always been that religious. He didn't yeah. um, kind of like expand to yeah. other things. But for me, because I obviously raised as a Catholic, I know that side. And that side did not work for me. Oh, my. Yeah. Man, when com- Holy Communion, we do this Holy Communion thing. Like, yeah. didn't even, I was like, man, I, this is not it. This is not for me. I knew it then. I was like, eight. <laughs> like, literally, eight, nine. <laughs> like, I was, I was young. I, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Yeah, but yeah, so that that was my first kind of confrontation with my dad, just uh, kind of like slowly revealing myself. Like, nah, I don't, I don't do that. So your way of being vocal, you mean basically not pleasing your parents by saying what they want to hear, but yeah. rather saying yeah what you want. I think that's quite interesting because um, when you have that kind of way of responding to things, you usually take it on in other relationships so let's say if with your parents you're trying to say what they want to hear usually for example let's say in your in your work so whether you're doing architecture or at your job where you used to work whether it's at Pret or in the architecture office did you find moments like that as well where you were asked for I don't know maybe your opinion or whether you did something or not and your automatic response was to say what the person would want to hear rather than what you actually thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, you I know think, what I mean? I think most of the time I would say what they want to hear. But yeah. then with the whole pandemic thing and then I started to kind of like yeah. be more intro- uh, introspective and then I'd be like, man, what's the point of telling like what they want to hear? I want to just say why, what I really think. So then, yeah, I started doing that. And that the first thing was with my parents with that whole thing. Right now, what you're trying to do is basically one conversation at a time. Yeah, try approaching it that way. And trying to prove to yourself that you can actually speak up and say what you yeah. kind of think truly. And then that kind of gives you more confidence to keep going in that direction. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, we I also had this another confrontation. I was playing rap in the kitchen. Yeah. I was playing that rap that I played at the, par- at the thing yesterday, yeah. the other day, yeah. the rap N-word by Nipsey Hussle. I was playing that in the kitchen. My dad overheard it because obviously we're a yeah. small house. He was like, yo, I don't like this. 
Like, yeah. can you can you wear uh, earphones? And I was like, okay, because obviously I just don't want I want don't I don't want that beef. And then I was saying, and then I I said something like, okay, so you're you're saying this because I was I was like, oh, okay, fine. It's your house, your rules. I said that. Yeah. Then he was like, what? I was like, yeah. So so then he was like, he countered it by saying, so if I'm in your house and I told you to stop playing that, you wouldn't. I was like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. It's my house. I would play what I wanna yeah. music. I wanna play. And he was like, he got upset. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bruh. Because obviously the thing is that, um, so you had a role of basically answering what they want to hear, right? Yes. And they have the role of basically, they have a thought, ah, this rap isn't good. They immediately say, Francis, don't play this. And now by actually adopting the same kind of process as them of just having a thought and being like, yeah, if it's my house, I would play whatever I want. You're changing your role, which makes them uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why it challenges... <laughs> the way they will respond that's yeah. why they will be upset but i think it's also a matter of finding your new position in your family and as their son and then they will be able to also find their new role you know now actually that you mentioned it um my my dad no the way i talked to him and he 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 actually told me that he he respects me for approaching it the way i approach it because yeah. i i talk to him as if we're just in the same level i don't I don't raise my voice like he doesn't like that, like raising your voice. Because my sister, when they beef, man, yeah. my sister will be shouting sometimes and he hates that. So I approach it. We're in the same level. The way I talk to him is the way he talks to me. Yeah. So that's how I, and he likes that. So even though uh, he gets upset with what I, he doesn't like what I hear, I said, he still respects me for the way I kind of approach yeah, that I situation. See. Yeah. Okay, so... We're almost getting to the end and I have a couple Ooh. of questions I want you to answer. What do you feel right now? We spoke about how you came from Philippines to the UK, how you had to switch these caps while balloting others as a brother, as a son, as in university, trying to sort out what you actually want to do. So what do you feel is the biggest quality that your parents sort of gave you? What do you feel is something in your character, in your personality that you take on in your work and in your everyday life that you can say, okay, this is thanks to my education or the way I grew up? I think to take away from my parents, it's sacrifice. That would be one big thing. Mm -hmm. But then the rest, I funny thing, sacrifice from my parents and also like the, the whole kind of like family inclusiveness because they're really like yeah. family oriented like that would my, what my dad would instill into me like okay if you're if your siblings need your help whatsoever yeah. you drop everything and you help them yeah. so that's why i've taken from them but most of the things is from what i like so like boxing hip-hop um fashion da -da -da. so all of those outlets yeah. those it's where i've kind of learned what i know now and the way i kind of approach <laughs> things is through through like so say um like boxing the whole kind of like determination and then discipline so i took that from that aspect of boxing and then um with like say fashion like the likes of samuel ross virgil abloh i took like the whole kind of aspect of you don't need to be you don't need to go to like a fashion school or you don't need a certain route or like a defined path to go somewhere you can be wherever and still pave your own way basically paving your own way i like that aspect so i take that from that 
and with the with the art thing expression just being able to express yourself so i take that from that kind of like creative outlet so most of the things that i have like the the traits that i have i take from the things that i like and from how my parents raised me because growing up i did not like what my mates liked i didn't like what my my dad finds it hard to bond with me because i don't like anything that he likes apart from boxing so that's the only time we would bond anything else cars tennis whatever football nada nothing (laughs) i and i knew that from uh, a young age like when i came here i don't like okay i played football but i don't like football i don't need to change to just vibe with you guys that's how i kind of approached it and if you had to look at it um in a way that we all had I believe that there is not one person on this earth that doesn't have like a childhood trauma mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing obviously but there are, we all have things that marked us when we were younger and that we see happening for example this thing of people pleasing you know like that you have that wanting to say what the person in front of you you know wants to hear instead of what you truly think and that comes obviously from the fact that there was always an adult that you had to follow you know all of these experiences that we discussed before, what would be one challenge that you're left with nowadays in your professional life that came from your childhood? I think it was that. that um, Do you think that's the only one or is that, that the biggest you, one? Is one of the biggest ones because that basically controls where you want to... If you constantly listen to your, what your parents want for you instead of what you yeah. want for yourself... Because, man, they don't really know what ticks in your mind. Yeah. They don't know the, the battles that you have in your mind or whatever you've gone through. Da, 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 da. They only know you as who you are at home. Yeah, at what you home. show. Yeah. yeah, what I show. I don't obviously show everything. Yeah. Not even to to May or to my parents, blah, blah, blah. Or even to my friends. Like, I, May I, I, is your girlfriend, by yeah, the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mahal. Yeah. Hi, my... Uh, it took me this long to to uh, mention her, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Basically, I don't show my full self. Like I I reserve some for me because just that's just how I kind of like it. Okay, but then do you think that's also something that comes from your childhood? This idea of there are some parts that you don't feel comfortable, or maybe you don't want to show. I think I just understand that you're not meant to. You don't have to show anything. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. You have that choice. And I think that's great that you don't have to tell everyone everything. Like, even if they ask you, you have that power to just say, nah. Yeah, and it's also how you deal with it. Like, a lot of times, some people have this mentality of to deal with something, I need to talk it through. I need to put it out there. Whereas some people need to look inside and be like, okay, I have an issue. Let me look inside and try to solve it with myself. I also wanted to ask, I think, something quite interesting. What is your proudest moment until now? So, first of all, if you can quickly say what you're planning to do next. And then, yeah, what is your proudest moment, professionally speaking? Professionally speaking, I think opening and... uh, So, basically, I trademarked Galanachi like a couple months back, maybe around January or whatever. Because I I knew just... Because, man... I just knew I was going to use that for something. Yeah, Galanachi, which is right now what you're doing on Instagram with... Um, you're starting now your fashion brand, basically. Yeah. But before it was a lot of art. daily art yeah. that you were creating. 
So it's an alias. Yeah. So basically, it's an alias and a brand. So with that, I think I would say that's my proudest moment. That okay, I've accepted that this is what I want to do. I'm gonna do it. I don't care. Yeah, embracing how it hard me. it will. I yeah. know it's gonna be hard. Like, I'll probably give. I'm probably gonna be like crying at some point yeah. because of it. But I don't really care. Like, shit happens. Like it's like yeah. it happens. So it's just taking a full on responsibility. That okay, I'm gonna do this path. I don't care what everyone says. I'm doing it. Does how it, do you? I, how would you advise someone on that? Because what I personally really don't like about some interviews and things like that that I hear is this, you hear like, yeah, just embrace yourself. But as someone who doesn't have that strength that you have, you know, mm-hmm. what are steps that you can put in place to get there? I think self-discipline. You start off what you can actually do. If it's like, so say um, you want to pick up a good habit. Yeah. Find the easiest way to start that habit. Even if it's just, putting the gym clothes on yeah. or even just preparing it just preparing it you're not even going to put it on you're yeah. preparing it okay then okay you've started you've been preparing it for a couple of days okay now wear it yeah. you still don't have the energy to to go out and go to the gym just keep wearing it until okay now you've worn it now you have to go yeah, then yeah. you move you take it small step by basically step yeah. by step that's how that's how i've been approaching it i think that's really good advice yeah because if you Think about it as, man, I need to get to the top of the mountain yeah. right now. You're going to be like, how the fuck am I going to yeah. do that? But then when you approach it as, I okay. work out. How am I going to get <laughs> to the top of the mountain? Yeah. So basically, yeah. but if you t- uh, approach it as, okay, I need to put my one foot forward, then the other. Yeah. Approach it that way. So then it doesn't feel as hard. But step then, by step, yeah, not step the by whole step. staircase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, forget about that. You're going to get there anyways. Because if you're moving forward, you're going to get there at some point. And also... Time, like attaching a time that you need to achieve something. Yeah. I live, I've let go of that. Like yeah. back Everyone then. Everyone has their own kind of timeline. Yeah. And you can't fit to anyone else's timeline. For me, what I like uh, attached to the timeline of was my parents because they got married at 27. Yeah. And then I obviously wanted to follow that. But then I started to realize, no, that's theirs. That was their circumstances, not mine. So I was like, you know what, I'm doing my way. Like, and I just kind of left it that way. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think it's really good advice, this idea of breaking it down. Breaking it down to the simplest. Yeah. And um, I think another thing is to understand that when you want to achieve something, what makes you achieve it is not motivation, but discipline. Uh-huh, so a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, I'm so motivated. Fuck but no. motivation, by definition, only lasts a couple of days. It's literally what pushes you maybe to start something but mm-hmm, yeah, is yeah, yeah. not what will nope. keep you Hell nah. doing it that's what i actually <laughs> i think what i was doing during uni was disciplining myself for the 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 whole kind of like routine of the nine to five because i knew i was going to end up doing that that nine to five thing so i was so i kind of focused on that so i would wake up hella early in the in the in the morning but i wouldn't really do much work but i was just there to to make a start so that, because I know that having a routine would help me once I'm doing the nine to five, and it actually helps me to kind of like as now me doing like a startup, because now I have yeah. that whole routine and how to work within yeah. the structure. But, yeah, the structure. I have the structure, and also if you're gonna do something, treat it as if you're already there. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree with that. If so you like, want to be a fashion, if you want to have like 
a fashion brand yeah. consider yourself already like a fashion yeah. designer even if you've made one t-shirt yeah yeah because if you consider yourself that and you um operate like that as well yeah. then you're like okay i'm filling the role i'm filling the yeah. role everything else will come like if you don't know one thing that it will come like the more you push yeah. it it will come and i have a last question to finish this episode if you had an envelope in front of you Ooh. with your career path mm-hmm. would you open it your whole professional life all your jobs yeah. everything and you can read basically your cv mm-hmm. now i would burn it yeah i would burn <laughs> it uh, w- then that, then it just ruins the whole surprise yeah but you know there are two ways of looking at it obviously like this is a question for me i would also not open it but mm-hmm. i also see why you would because it's basically saying imagine if i tell you you're already going to make it and you know there's mm-hmm. no pressure that's it yeah. Uh, there's no, no excitement of course but mm, then yeah. there are some people who might because of the pressure that it takes off you know do you have any last advice any last things to share stories i think you okay basically any if, message to someone who's listening okay like if you know that you want to do something and it's it's bugging you in there inside of you yeah. just fucking do it man honestly what could go wrong And if you don't do it, you'll never know everything that could go right as exactly. well. You would never know. Basically, approach it as just think of it as what could go right. Forget what could go wrong. What yeah. could go right and then in any solved. choice there's something that will go wrong, but at least choose your right, you know? Yeah, yeah. Make sure that what goes right is what you love. And also there is you can start anytime. Like there is no like right time and blah 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 or late. Yeah. Th- that's all a concept. Like you could be 50 years old and start a fashion label as long as you want it yeah. you can do it that's it's pretty much it Yeah I think that's that's true that's good advice Don't think it's too late don't think it's too early either because yeah. that's also another thing Don't mm-hmm. think that you don't know enough just start Exactly Yeah Just start and you will learn much more doing rather than sitting and trying to figure out how yep. to do Yep So just go out there and Facts. start whatever it is you want to start. And it man like this podcast come yeah. on inside out. <laughs> this was so sick. Yeah, it was really nice talking to you. I'm really glad you were the first the first guest and um I hope you enjoyed it. Um very much. Follow Francis. You can give out all of your Galanachi. That's the that's the clothing brand at Instagram or buy.galanachi. That's the artist. Yeah, just write Galanachi on yeah, actually, yeah, and you'll see all the accounts. Yeah, literally, because it's like no one's ha- ever made that word. Yeah. So literally, you just see everything. Yeah, so go follow Francis. Follow me on the Inside Out dot MP three Instagram for the podcast, and I will see you in two weeks with the next episode with the next guest. Follow, subscribe. Woo! Yes. So sick. Oh my <laughs> Follow, subscribe, rate it, and um, if Everything. you have any guests that you're thinking of, you can DM me or comment on the Instagram, and I will try to get whoever it is. Don't tell me like Virgil Abloh <laughs> or something like that, because there's no way I'm gonna get that. But if it's someone that does something interesting, a small brand or something like that, I can always try to get them. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it, Francis, and I hope listeners are also getting something out of it. And um, I'll see you in two weeks. Ciao. Bye bye. Have a good one.